Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome to Winners United. This is Season 7, Episode 18, entitled No Means Next Opportunity with Gabby Goodwin. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and I believe that business, mindset, personal development, and self-care are the four pillars to entrepreneurial success. This is why Winhurst United is your one-stop shop for business, mindset, personal development, and self-care conversations with winning women of color entrepreneurs. Please don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts and give Winhurst United a rating and review. All you need to do is go to the show page, scroll to the bottom, click the five stars, then write a review. It shouldn't take more than five minutes of your time, and I would greatly appreciate it. As a thank you, I'll be giving shout outs on future episodes to those that take time to write us a review. During this episode, you will hear about marketing strategies to expand and grow your brand, the importance of discipline, prioritization, and avoiding distractions to keep you on course, stretching yourself beyond your comfort zone, how entrepreneurship can grow your confidence, and much more. But before we get into the episode, let me tell you more about Gabby Goodwin. Gabby Goodwin is an inventor, mentor, and speaker. She founded her company Confidence with her mom, Rosalind Goodwin, who was featured on episode 12 from this season. So be sure to check out Rosalind's episode as well. Gabby became a kidpreneur at only seven years old and her invention, Gabby Bowles, has become an international brand. Gabby is super amazing and has received numerous accolades since becoming an entrepreneur, such as being named the 2015 South Carolina Young Entrepreneur of the Year, the 2018 Black Enterprise Teampreneur of the Year, and she wasn't even a teenager yet, and the 2019 SpeakerCon Teen Speaker of the Year. Super, super amazing. I'm so excited. It's just amazing. So without further ado, here is No Means Next Opportunity with Gabby Goodwin. All right. So Gabby, welcome to WinHers United. We are excited to hear from you today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. All right. So everyone listening, Gabby is started out as a kidpreneur and is now a teenpreneur. So some of the questions that we will be asking Gabby is a little different from the questions that you may have heard from our previous interviews, right? So TaylorMade, Gabby is super, super amazing, and we are going to dig right in. So Gabby, we interviewed your mother earlier during this season, right? So she gave us a background of your amazing story, right? So matter of fact, let's get into your story. Tell the listeners what you do and your business. All right, so I am Gabby Goodwin. I am 14 years old, and I am the CEO of Confidence and the inventor of Gabby Bows, the first and patented double face double snap barrette. 
with my mom, who is the co-founder. And we, with our patented rise and also plant-based hair products, we're able to remove stress from the hair salon process so that moms, dads, and girls can cherish their time together doing hair. This is all started when my mom would do my hair each morning, 15, 20 minutes each morning, and she would you know, make me look all pretty, drop me off at school, and then pick me up to find that half of my bows were gone and that my hair was a complete mess. And she was not only wasting lots of time, but also wasting a lot of money as she was going to the store every two weeks buying barrettes. And eventually she went on Twitter to rant about it. And our pastor actually jumped into the conversation she was having with other moms and said, sounds like a market you need to break into. And so my mom told me, I guess this is my perspective since you've already heard my mom. But my mom told me, and I was about five years old. I didn't really know what entrepreneurship was or really innovation was either. But I didn't know that I wanted to inspire people. And I saw this as a way to do that. So I nagged my mom every day about these barrettes. And eventually came to the point where we sat at the kitchen table, figuring out what we could do to make the bows better. And so we launched the business in 2014 when I was seven. And we've been in business for seven years. Nice. Amazing. I love it. Look, heard it again, right? But I love it. I love it. I love it. And you actually touched on what my next question was. But I just want to take a moment to make sure people understand what's going on here, right? Not only are you an entrepreneur, you are an inventor, right? And I love the words you use as far as innovation, right? Coming up with something new, something that's not out there, right? So twofold. First, tell us like what made you think that you could do it, you know, that you could do something that wasn't even created or fix this problem that your mom experienced? I think the whole, you know, backstory of why I was so persistent, one, because I did want to inspire people, but I think that, you know, we were able to come up with the barrette because I was not only, you know, losing a saw as well, what it was missing, you know, when it was, you know, it wasn't staying in. When it turned around, you only saw one face, you didn't see both. So it would look kind of odd. And, you know, we had some family members, my grandma, who had a pet peeve, we would be at, you know, family events and my bow would turn around and you would just see the strip and she would get so mad at my mom. You don't know how to turn it. So it doesn't face that way. So we took her, you know, <laughs> nagging and her pet peeve of that. But being able to, you know, try to solve or, you know, elevate the bow concept or the barrette concept. I don't think the barrettes that we traditionally wore were made for, you know, ends on the hair because we wore you know them at the ends of braids or twists but i think they were trying to or i think they were created to be some sort of accessory like Hmm. things or things like that and we started to realize that they were not holding up on my twists or braids so we started to wonder how could we make it better and so with the two faces we added two concepts together so the two faces where you can see the design both ways um, but then also inside of those faces are teeth and craters to actually trap and sandwich the hair in place so it doesn't fall out. And there's a center strip in the middle that you can clasp the two faces together with. It's kind of like a Z design. But, mm-hmm. you know, with the experience that we already had and, you know, the feedback that we would get constantly about these barrettes and how we can make it better for my hair, my curly hair was kind of the way we took it and just 
I wasn't able to, you know, say craters or, you know, teeth, you know, I wasn't able to comprehend that. But so I'll just be like, is it, I think it's those pointy things on the, on the barrette or it doesn't have two faces. We could probably make it double face. So it's kind of the process behind how we created the book. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. I love that. So I heard that It's basically creativity and thinking outside the box, right? Doing some comparison, you know, and and checking what's out there and figuring out what's missing or what could make it better, you know, or all the things that helped you to know you could do it or even want to try to do it, right? And I love how you wanted to help people at such a young age that like, I feel like as a kid, you're... Most kids are selfish, right? Everything is about me, 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 right? So the fact that you wanted to help other people, I think is super amazing. So I do want to talk about something that I think is very instrumental in your story, which I believe is necessary for people to, or kids, teenagers to become entrepreneurs, right? Like your mom really gave you everything you needed to try to make this happen like how grateful or how do you feel like do you realize how blessed you know you are to have a mother that you know allowed you to go forward with this fed your dream didn't tell you that no we're not the ones that could do this i feel really honored to have the family that i do have especially the parents that have been able to push me and teach me things. We've all been able to learn, me and my mom and my dad. So we didn't necessarily know what to do or how to do business because we couldn't really go to anybody, any family member and say, hey, do you have any advice for startups or anything like that? And no, we really had to learn on our own, but having such great parents that are able to you know, recognize my dream and recognize what I want to achieve and doing everything that they can to make sure that I get to that point. I mean, it's not just, uh, you know, learning, but it's also, you know, actual sacrifices. You know, my parents went into retirement to fund the bows. Uh, they've, you know, done so much, and I'm super grateful to have such great parents like that. But just being able to learn together and grow as a family. We've all grown up in this business, basically. Now, I grew up because I you know, was seven when I started and now I'm 14, but we've all grown in our expertise in entrepreneurship and many other things because entrepreneurship doesn't really teach you just finance or just how to market, but they can also teach you lots of life lessons as well. Okay. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. That's good to be able to grow together and, and just be open to that experience. I think that's amazing. So. I've read through some of your accolades. I'm sure there's more that I didn't, you know, get a chance to get to, right? But I just think it's truly amazing that you won the Teenpreneur of the Year Award at 11. Not even a teenager, right? So just talk to me. Like, what do you think? Well, I want to know how it made you feel. And then I want to know what message do you think that sends to other teenpreneurs, even entrepreneurs? All right, so I was able to win the 2018 Black Enterprise Team of the Year Award. And the backstory, actually, that was not my first time being nominated. I was actually nominated the year before in 2017. I went to the same conference. It was in Houston that year. So I traveled all the way from South Carolina to Texas. I got out of school the last few days of school. 
and I was 10 at the time. So that was, you know, I was about to be 11, but I was 10 at that time. And I was super excited, but I was up against, you know, a lot of big people that I saw. One was Xandra Beauty or Xandra Cunningham from Xandra Beauty, who I'm a good friend of. But I've seen them in magazines even, you know, when I was in school, I would see them in magazines. And so I was really excited. You know, you're at the Black Enterprise Conference event. It's really packed. You know, you're just sitting in a big room, lots of big people. And so they come up to the awards and I lost that year. And it was hard for me. It's one thing. I'm not going to blame it on me being competitive. I think it was me, you know, just being I don't want to say thinking I was a top dog, but I was just really confident in myself and in my business and what I could, you know, what I did to even be nominated and chosen out of hundreds of kidpreneurs and just be one of the three to be chosen to be finalists. So I was really excited about that. And I was growing in my resilience at that time. And my dad is a big instrumental part, kind of, you know, in the inspirational advice part, you know, being able to help me not only get through other things, but also help me to speak since he is a comedian. I'm speaking in different places all the time. And one thing he said was that tears are the nutrients of dreams like sunlight is the plants. And he told me that because I was trying to hold my tears back sitting at that table, but my parent and my mom knew, you know, I was going to cry at some time that day. (laughs) And so he, you know, he figured that out. And when I was coming back, that's what he said. And I really took that into consideration and worked hard. And, you know, I worked hard enough to be nominated again. Uh, my mom was actually, I think, the one who nominated me. Uh, <laughs> and she was like, oh, I'm going to nominate you for this award again. And I was like, uh, I don't know. But I uh, went to Charlotte, actually, that year, 2018, and was able to win the award. I mean, and it was it was really cool to see that. And it's really just a testament of being able to go after your dreams, even if you've heard a lot of rejection and no's. And I was really excited. I mean, even the staff who was a part of the event was like, I was trying to hold it in and tell it. <laughs> I was trying to hold it in and not tell you that it was your year because they saw me before the year before. And they saw that I lost, but it was just really exciting to be able to win that award. But also to show that, you know, if you have a dream, if you have anything that you want to achieve, you can do it. I didn't even qualify for teen for New Year's Year. I was 11. So I, I wasn't even 13 yet. And just I hope that story shows that you can go and achieve everything you want, even if you've heard no's or rejection before, if you keep going and keep pushing you'll be able to get to that opportunity that you've always wanted. I love it. I love it. Yes, yes. And I believe that's exactly what it says, right? And I love that your mom nominated you, right? Because a lot of times people, well, I'll speak for me, you know, like coming into this entrepreneurial world, even in podcasting, I didn't realize that for a lot of things that I may want to get into, I maybe have to be the person to put myself in. And we think that we have to wait for whatever magical person to come along and see our value, right? But we have to see our own value and we have to put our name in the hat if we want to see the results that we want to see. 
Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So you talked about having to take off a school to visit Texas for the first year, right? Which kind of leads into what I want to talk about next, which is like, how do you handle what they call work-life balance, right? So as a business owner, as a student, and also as a teenager, right? Having fun and, you know, having what people would say a normal life, right? Like, how do you balance that? Yeah, I definitely don't have a normal life. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it can be hard sometimes, especially since, you know, I'm in eighth grade, about to go to high school, and <laughs> I'm, it's coming up to the end of the year, so, you know, exams and all of these different big projects and many different things that you have to do. Since I, you know, have been in honor classes, I'll almost, you know, it's just a lot going on. <laughs> so being able to, not only, you know, know what is best and what I need to be doing at first, you know, being able to have a to-do list to know what I need to do. And then also knowing what my priorities need to be. You know, if I need to do something for school, I do that first. My parents have always told me that school comes first. So right when I get or before the pandemic, right when I got back from home, I was sitting at the kitchen table doing work. Right now, since I'm in virtual school, you know, I come out of my room <laughs> and I maybe eat a snack or anything like that and then go back and work on any schoolwork that I have to get done. So that's out the way. Um, but being able to know what is my or what are my biggest priorities, but also trying not to get distracted. And that can be something hard for me. because I kind of had a short attention span at times where I'm like, oh, OK. I saw that <laughs> I can kind of be a dog at some times when you see a squirrel. <laughs> They just go wild. Uh, so that's still something that I work on. I'm not perfect in time management, but it's definitely a work in progress. But I've been able to learn it it's more frequently or I've been able to learn it earlier than maybe other kids my age because I've had to do so much at a young age. Yes. Look, as I'm listening, I'm like, look, that struggles that some adults, not even kids, have mastered and figured out. Right. So I think that that is amazing. You are talking about things that I may have known, but I didn't take that seriously, right? Like not into adulthood did I really get serious about priorities and hand up, raising my hand for those that's listening. Distractions are real and it happens to me almost every single day, right? So I love all of the tips and what you told us, what you do to just stay the course, right? And the word that popped in my head as I was listening to you was discipline. Right. Like a lot of people see the glitz and the glam of entrepreneurship and business ownership. Right. But on the back end is a lot of discipline. And whether you're a kidpreneur, a teenpreneur or an adult entrepreneur. Right. It's still that discipline and that prioritization that has to come first if you want to make big things happen. Right. Definitely. All right. So tell us about any obstacles that you faced along your entrepreneurial journey and how you overcame? I think the biggest obstacle that I had to overcome was actually my confidence. It's kind of a play on words since my business is called Confidence Now. But uh, a lot of people may not even believe it now since they listen to me talk. But I was really shy growing up before starting the business. And I didn't really like talking to people that I didn't know. And I was really shy and timid when it came to, you know, settings of networking or when it came to just people that I didn't know all over the room. I was just 
curl up in the corner and not say anything. And that kind of translated into business in the first maybe year or two when I would go to the shows and I wouldn't look people in the eye. And I would always look at the floor because that was more comfortable for me than actually looking at people. And I, I kind of joke around saying that the floor was always my best friend on Saturdays because I was always looking at it and talking to it instead of talking to the actual person. And uh, I mean, that also showed in speeches, you know, I would be really nervous. I would want to take my paper and I did sometimes. In the beginning, I would take up my paper up and read word for word. And it was, I don't want to say it was bad, but I was just really scared and nervous. And, you know, I'm pretty laid back. So, you know, if you would you know, talk to me or anything like that, I would, I probably wouldn't have a conversation unless you started talking to me first. And through business, I mean, you learn that you always have to talk to people. I and mean, that's how you gain fans, supporters, followers. A customer that did the shows or keeping people engaged through lives on social media or even doing speeches or podcasts like this. You have to speak and be confident in your voice and what you have to offer when it comes to, you know, your keynote or your advice to others. So that was kind of what has helped or this business has helped me you know, grow in my shell and become the confident person that I am today. I'm the most confident that I've ever been because of entrepreneurship. But it was definitely hard, but being able to have, going back to you know, my parents pushing me, I'll be really scared to go up on stage. Mom, can I bring my paper up? I don't think I'm ready. No, you're not going to bring your paper up. And when I go up there, I kill it with no paper. <laughs> so I think it's kind of just me holding myself back at times. But being able to have some people push me besides myself, and, you know, push me to where I need to go is something that also helped me. So it doesn't just have to be entrepreneurship, but doing something that you're passionate about can help you become more confident, not only in what you do, but in yourself as well. And that's kind of the biggest obstacle that I've had to overcome in business. Okay, thanks for that. You are not alone. Look, let me just let you know, right? It's funny you say that you took me back to eighth grade, right? I used to look at my shoes. You know, so people used to like, oh, they used to talk about me. She's always looking down or she thinks she all that or whatever. But I was so nervous that I always looked at my shoes. So I can relate to that. I can also relate to not talking to people until they talk to me. And sometimes this is something that I still do to this day. Being a podcaster that I am, as much as I actually like talking to people, I don't like breaking that ice, right? Like I'm nervous until someone talks to me and then I open up like a flower. Right. So I can totally relate to that. When I heard you talk about bringing a paper up, right? Like you started there, you know, thank God for your mom that pushed you past that. But I'm glad that you didn't let that stop you, you know, like feeling like, oh, well, I'm not going to go, right? Like I'm going to go and I'm going to go with this paper and I'm going to keep going with this paper until I no longer need the paper or my mom or someone else tells me I can't have the paper, right? But along that way, you continue to build those muscles and build those muscles. So I think that that's amazing. Are you ready to have podcasting become your next opportunity? If so, send me an email and let me know. I believe we all have to share with the world. And I would love to help you share your voice. 
send me an email at winhersunited at gmail.com. And that's W-I-N-H-E-R-S-U-N-I-T-E-D at gmail.com. So we can discuss your future as a podcaster today. All right. So you've been dropping so many gems as far as just mindset and confidence, which I think no matter what age you are in your business journey, it is so important and and it's relevant, right? But I want to go switch over to a some strategy, right? So for anyone that attended the Winhurst United Virtual Summit, Gabby was a speaker there. And if you didn't attend, you totally missed it. But we'll be back later on this year. But that's that was a quick plug, right? But during the summit, you talked about using social media tags as a marketing strategy. And that's what helped you to continue to expand your brand and grow yourself. Can you just expand upon this for the listeners? Right. All of our business or you know where we are based out of, we're not really in the store. We're online. And that's kind of how we grow in our business. And what I shared was the use of hashtags and the use of being consistent on the social media platforms that benefit you the most. And the hashtag part is what we do for every single post. Uh, we have about maybe 15 to 30 hashtags that pertain to our business, that pertain to me, you know, kid entrepreneur, entrepreneur, girl boss, black girl magic, anything that can pertain to me. And that's kind of how we were able to grow and expand. I was able to get you know, many opportunities, such as being on the reel through hashtags, producers, uh, continue to look up kid entrepreneur and I kept popping up because that hashtag was always in my post or in the comments in my post if the social media won't allow it inside of the actual caption. So through hashtags, I've been able to get many opportunities and gain more customers and followers because we are reaching out to not only our followers, but reaching out to everybody who clicks on hashtags. People look at hashtags often. You know, if you're trying to look for Black Girl Magic or any Black girls out there, you click on Black Girl Magic or the Black Girl Power or anything like that. And when you continue to put those hashtags inside of your posts, you're able to pop up each time. So being able to have, because that's something that you can take away from this or some homework, is to be able to write down a few, you know, maybe 15 to 30 hashtags that pertain to you or your business or what you do. And, you know, put them in each caption or put them in each comment. And another thing is being consistent. I mean, we want to have, you know, as many want fans to, you know, be on our page consistently. They want, if they're looking for something, we want to make sure that they are, you know, finding something every single time they come. And through that, you know, we're posting every single day, doing a post on our feed posting on stories consistently, doing things like that, doing even the little things when you get the type of opportunity to go live, you do that or you get the opportunity to use the swipe up on your swipe up feature on your Instagram story, use that to your advantage. So being able to be consistent and also be on the social media or be consistent on the social media platforms that benefit you the most. And what I mean by that is being able to know where your target market is and what social media or who they are first of all, and then where are they most likely 
every single day. You know, are they on Instagram? Are they on Facebook? Are they on TikTok, Twitter, Pinterest? Uh, so for us, we were able to figure out that most of our traffic comes from Facebook and Instagram. So that's where we're posting every day. That's where we are, you know, being able to interact with our fans the most. We still have a TikTok, we still have a Pinterest, we still have a Twitter. And also, you know, make sure that you might you never know when you need it. So just go to that Twitter or whatever platform that you can find and just kind of grab your name. You may not post at all, but just grab your name because you never know when you need it. But find out where your target market is and what social media platforms that they are, are they on the most? And once you find that out, be consistent on those platforms as much as you can. And also using hashtags can be really big when it comes to getting your brand or getting whatever you do out there. Gabby just dropped all the gems. She just gave us a whole strategy and she gave us homework. I think you made over how many people I interviewed today? Over a hundred and like 25 people. I don't know if anyone ever gave us homework. <laughs> I love that. So like when you figured out your hashtags, did you just brainstorm and pull them out the sky or did you kind of research the market? you know, it, to come up with your hashtags? Yeah, so what we did, it's not our own idea. We kind of, we have a friend, Christine St. Bill, you can follow her. But she is a social media expert, mainly Instagram. And so she taught us about this certain method. I don't remember how many posts, but what we did was we looked at a hashtag that, you know, that could pertain to our business or pertain to whatever we do. And we looked to see if it had... I want to say over 50,000 posts mm. because if it has over that many, then, you know, there's some traffic there and some places that you can, you know, there's some people that you can grab from those hashtags. So I think that was the number and you can go from 50,000 to, you know, maybe even a million posts from hashtags. But we looked at hashtags, tried to see if they were, or they had 50,000 posts or more. And what we did was we kind of just went to, you know, the Apple notes that you have on your phone or anything like that, uh, the notes section, and just wrote them down in like a paragraph form. So whenever you post, you can just copy and paste them and put them right in the caption or right in the comments. Uh, That was kind of our our strategy when it came to choosing hashtags, just trying to figure out they had over 50,000 posts and then just putting them together in a way that you can access them quickly and then going to copy and pasting, like a quick little copy and pasting, move forward or move on to comments or I love it. Love it. Look, I'm, I'm doing good then. Look, I, check, check. Look, I love that, right? So research is important. Check those numbers. And then you even dropped another gym, right? If it's something that you want to do or that you know you need to do and you don't have the insight to do it, talk to somebody that does. Talk to an expert in that field so that they can help you and get you on your way, right? It'll shorten the time for you to try to figure it out yourself and it'll help you to get going and be good at it, right? Because when you try to figure it out yourself, you got to start at a bottom level of understanding. But if you go to a person that's an expert, it cuts out all that time in between. So thank you for that. Something else as well. I mean, we don't just use other people's hashtags, but we created you know, our own. So we have Gabby Bowes, we have confidence. And being able to push those hashtags and let people know that, hey, we have a hashtag. If you 
want to post about our products, you can use our hashtag Gagabos or Confidence and that kind of grows your own hashtag as well. Look, extra, look, and she gave us extra. Look, you can't say you're not all the way together after listening to Gabby drop all these gems today. Look, I think I might have to, I'm going to go back and make sure I'm together after this, after this interview, Gabby. So you talked about being on the real, which I think is super exciting. How big is that, right? So, oh, you talk, they found you. You talked about that, right? Because I'm like, what did it take you to get there? But you said they found you on the internet. So what has that experience done for your business? And also what has it done for your outlook as well as your confidence? The real, I reached out, as I said, through hashtags. Uh, They were actually looking for kidpreneurs or entrepreneurs uh, to be featured in some sort of their own kind of chart tank. (laughs) And so but they were looking for like fresh startup businesses. And at the time, I was probably two years into the business. And so they they kept seeing me pop up and they reached out saying, hi, we're having this sort of shark tank. And they realized that, you know, my, my business was kind of more developed than other kind of the criteria they were looking for. And so, but they were like, well, we really love your business. What if you could actually, you know, come on for a segment? So that was kind of, you know, God's opening you know, door. And since I wasn't able to be on top on the Shark Tank, I was able to be on the segment that they call Girl Power. And so I was nine years old when we filmed it. And that was my first time going to L.A., being on a TV set as big as that. And it was also my first time being on national TV. So that was you know, the biggest thing ever in my nine-year-old life. We had a watch party with all of our friends and family when it came out. You know, it was just a really big deal. And I'm super grateful for that opportunity. You could tell I was kind of nervous at first, but I was able to grow out of my comfort zone and start to become more comfortable with the uh, women. They were really nice. And I kind of had my own opera moment, Oprah moment as well. And, you know, when she said, you get a car, you get a car, everybody gets a car. They were giving away gag votes to everybody in the audience. So I was, I, I literally stood up and said, you get a gag vote, you get a gag vote, everybody gets a gag And the entire crowd went wild. So that was kind of one of my biggest moments. I mean, the crowd was amazing. When you, every sentence you said, they cheered right after, <laughs> really loud. Um, but that really helped me grow my confidence as well when it came to live television or wasn't live television but just television in general uh i was on you know local news stations um, when we first started but you know being in front of a bunch of people with big names such as lonnie love and tamara maori and just many people who are you know really inspirational it was really nerve-wracking for me like i remember myself shaking <laughs> before going you know just sitting in the stairs waiting but it was a really cool opportunity and definitely really honored to be a part of that. Um, but that definitely helped me when it came to my confidence. We were able to grow in business through that. You know, people watching, and they um, look up your website and uh, it was it was a really cool experience. And that led you know, me being on Harry Connick, uh, the Harry Connick Jr. show. I was able to be on there as well. 
and oh yeah, it was a really cool experience. Okay, I love that. I love that. So it opened doors for other media and opened doors for new customers. And I love the strategy behind giving out a sample, right? Because then that's also building, you know, if they like it, they're going to go purchase it, right? So it, it makes sense. Awesome. So speaking of all of the exposure and how being on the real has grown you, right? Like fast forward to this year, and I want to say this happened last year, but I noticed that you and your family purchased your first warehouse. Congratulations on that. Right. So tell us what's next for Confidence and Gabby Bowles. Like what what can we expect? Right. Um, so yes, we did just buy a warehouse maybe November, December, so maybe five months ago. But we're just now moving into fulfillment. So we're we're now not fulfilling out of our house, but we're fulfilling inside of our building. Uh, and it's kind of like the good one building. Like since I mentioned my dad is a comedian, he has his office there. So we're kind of moving out of the house now and going into an actual building. And one opportunity that we would like, or a few opportunities actually, coming from that building, uh, there is a lobby type area where we would eventually like to do retail in there and kind of sell. And then also... For the people who live locally, if they want to order, they can either order online, you know, come pick it up, or they can actually come to the actual building and purchase there. We could have workshops there, you know, and have people see how business goes down, you know, and how it's not just, you know, the big things when it comes to, you know, being recognized on a certain platform or being able to get or make as much money, a lot of money or anything like that. But it actually takes a lot of work, you know, a lot of dedication. And we're able to tie that in together with girls actually, you know, coming to see us working. But also another thing, the building that we purchased was originally a salon. And the building or the part of the building that we have were one, there's an actual smaller salon that we're renting to another Black-owned salon, but there is a room that was traditionally a shampoo room for the salon, and we would want to eventually change that into kind of like a confidence girls salon. So girls can actually come get their hair done. And I mean, it's not, girls' hair isn't really as big as it used to be. There's not a lot of people who do it because, you know, it's very tedious and it's, it's a lot of work, you know, having to do with the child and it's just a lot that goes into it. And I know it's probably not just in my area, but there's not a lot of girls, natural hair stylists, or there's not a lot mm-hmm. of natural hair stylists that do girls hair. And with the opportunity that we have with that room, we would eventually love to change that into a salon where girls can kind of get like the full 360 experience. They can get their hair done, but also see you know us working behind the scenes and us doing orders or counting inventory or anything like that. So that's kind of what we want to do with the building. There's not really any product thinking of coming up right now, but the building has definitely opened up some opportunities and some windows that we can jump into. I love it. I love, love, love it. That is so exciting. And 
a few things that pop, things are always popping in my head, right? So <laughs> a few things that popped in my head was it takes time to do great things, right? Like look at you seven years into your business and you're now moving into a warehouse, right? Like I think a lot of times we think we want this abracadabra, hocus pocus. We want it yesterday, you know, but sometimes it takes time and it's okay to accept that time and allow everything to fall together the way it's supposed to fall together because it sounds like it is falling together so nicely. I love everything that you're incorporating into all that you're doing. That is so exciting. Again, giving back, right? in the salon thing, that's necessary. That is so necessary. So awesome. Congratulations. Continue congratulations. And then to just talking about the importance of setting goals, you know, and working diligently to attain those goals, right? Like super important and, you know, however long it takes to get to, you know, some of the goals that you talked about, like it's okay, right? Like that's how long it takes, but this is our goal, you know, and we're going to do the work to get there. So I think that's amazing. All right. So if you could give advice to any aspiring kidpreneurs or teenpreneurs out there, what would that advice be? Some advice that I would give to some aspiring entrepreneurs is to believe in yourself. I know you said it earlier, but if you don't really believe in yourself at first, there could be people that believe in you and see your potential, but you have to see it first to make sure that everything is working and that you're getting to where you want to go and about what you're doing. And that's how you gain other people to become part of your family, your crew, customers, followers, anything, because you're passionate about it and other people will become passionate with you. Another thing is, you know, going back to the rejections when I was talking about the Black Enterprise Award, something that I actually came up with was no, it's just an abbreviation for the next opportunity. So after one no or two no's or however many no's you get, if you keep going and keep pushing, no matter what, you'll be able to get to that next opportunity. All right. I love it. I love it. I love it. So if you had a magic wand and could change anything about your journey thus far, would you? No, I would not. (laughs) And why not? Because it's helped me grow into the person that I am today. If I did not hear any no's, or any rejection, I wouldn't be as resilient as I am, as determined as I am. I honestly would not be as confident as I am. I mean, that's all our business is about. It's about confidence. So because of the journey that we've had and because of the highs and the lows, I've been able to become the person that I am. Our business is be able to become what people say empire <laughs> that is in I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change a thing because we we've learned life lessons. My whole family have grown together you know, through business. I've been able to become closer because of that. It may seem hard and rough, but I mean it all comes out good in the end. You know, pressure makes diamonds. So you know <laughs> that's kind of my take on it. But I wouldn't change it. I love that. Yes, that's one of my favorite things. Pressure makes diamonds. And I love your no means next opportunity, you know, gym on top of gym on top of gym. So, Gabby, before we let you go, you want to tell the listeners where they can find you, where they can follow confidence, where they can purchase Gabby Bowles? 
my website is gabbybows.com. That's G-A-B-B-Y-B-O-W-S.com. You can follow us on social media at Gabby Bows. We're almost everywhere. You can follow us there. Contact us on the website. See if there's any store that carries Gabby or even buy them on the website. But that is all of our contact info. And your social media, as you told that as well? Yes, at Gabby Bows. <laughs> all right. Well, Gabby, you continue to break glass ceilings as now a teenpreneur, right? I'm just so amazed at all you have accomplished, so amazed just at your insight and your maturity and just all the wonderful advice that you've given us today. I appreciate you for joining. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of When Hers United. I hope you found this information useful and can take at least one thing away to implement into your life. Don't forget Gabby gave us all homework so we actually have one thing to take away and implement into our life. Go over to winhersunited.com forward slash podcast to read the show notes for this episode and check out Gabby's full bio. Also, don't forget to follow us on Clubhouse at winhersunited so you can join us in a future room. As always, be empowered and empower on. Just a reminder, this is our final episode for season seven. I want to thank you, thank you, thank you for all your continued support. We will be back the first week of July with season eight, changing things up a bit. Super excited about that. But in the meantime, take this time out to catch up on episodes you may not have listened to yet or re-listen to episodes. You never know what gym is going to jump out to you that didn't jump out in the past. Thank you again for your continued support and we'll be back with new amazing women of color entrepreneurs in July. Take care.